Celeb Savant is a career retrospective type interview focusing on singers, actors and industry experts. Join Barrett Edelstein now as he dives into the entertainment world. Emerging as one of South Africa's most promising artists is rapper The Big Hash. In 2018, saw the rapper win the hearts and respect of music lovers across the country with his series of releases, including Dark Horse featuring Ricky Rick and Outcast featuring A. Reese and Flame, as well as chart-topping hit The Circles featuring Questa. Keep an eye on the big hash as he continues his musical journey with his unique style and inspiring storytelling in hip-hop and R&B. Up next on Slepsvant, we've got The Big Hash. Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing? You'll find me in Pretoria, I guess. Yeah. I'm I'm okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it's a, it. It's a pleasure. Now, let's find out why did you choose the name or where does the name the Big Hash come from? So it's actually a funny story. <laughs> so, um I was going to high school. Hmm. My first day at high school, I went to a boarding school and um when I checked in the the day before actual school started, I had a very small body but I had like an extremely large head, extremely large feet, extremely large hands. So like already like I'm I'm a target for kids like yeah. oh oh it's the myth, it's the legend, it's it's Bigfoot. And and like before I even left boys dorms, I'd already started hearing whispers from the girls side that oh I was already Bigfoot. So it's like, you know, in high school, it's either you embrace the name or you, you know, or you like get it used yeah. against you as a weapon, mm. you know? So, yeah, they threw the tag on me and unfortunately I had to wear it. I had to wear it proudly. Like, huh? every time someone greeted me, like, yeah, yo, Bigfoot. <laughs> in, in my mind, like, mm-mm. So eventually when I fell in love with, with, with making music, I was I was like looking for a rap name and I just eventually ended up using that like um Bigfoot but I put like a hashtag in front of the Bigfoot but it was a silent hashtag cuz at the time it was 2014 Twitter was just something new to me mm. and it was like you know creating its own boom at that point and eventually I got to uh Instagram phase 2 years later and it's either you make uh an instagram name where people can follow you or yeah. like you chase girls away you know like and i couldn't put the word bigfoot as like an instagram handle cuz no girl would follow a guy called <laughs> bigfoot yeah you know um so <laughs> i just saw the hash in front of it and it was like oh well the big hash and then i just used it as an instagram name even though i was using the rap name bigfoot but then i got to school and my friends were like yo dude this is such like a cool name like why would you even like think of going back and not using this name so i ended up using uh the big hash and we're here now lovely i love that story it's so cute <laughs> so like fun i love the involvement of it so now you mentioned that you fell in love with music creating music at what age did that happen and how did the journey accumulate to we, where we are now in the creation of music i actually hated music when i was growing up Wait, wait. All I types genu- of music. Like all types of music. I genuinely Why? like Why? hated music. And, and, okay, I'll, I'll it's it's a, it's a pretty messed up story, mm-hmm. but but like it's not really. I think in my in my own world it was messed up because like 
every time I heard like, and this is no disrespect at all. Yes. Like I, I was young. I didn't understand, yeah. you know, this, the, the song concepts or anything. But like when I heard 50 cents candy shop, it made me hate music. Like, I, and I say this respectfully because I was young. Like I was like, I was like maybe five, six when I was hearing it. So okay, I didn't really yes. like understand, what you know, like it was just, yeah. And it was, it was, it was just like, it was a very unenjoyable. If that's a, <laughs> if that's the word. Yeah. So eventually I heard Josh Groban's You Raise Me Up. Yep. Um, when I was six at that point. And that made me like, be like, huh. Maybe not, maybe not all bad, you know? <laughs> and uh, I heard Coldplay's Viva La Vida. Yes. And that made me like interested in just like hearing all types of music at that point. And when I was 11, that's when I first heard Drake. And like he was the guy what like that was doing everything, whether it was like rapping or singing, he was doing it. And I just, I fell in love with the idea that he wasn't boxed in. And mm-hmm. I wasn't like privy to, the whole world, like Kanye West and, and Jay-Z at that point, And like, you know, uh, the rest of them, like I wasn't like mind boggled by any one of them. But then when I really discovered that, hey, you can do it because at that point, like I was a singer, but I had like I, I had very little interest in rap up until yep. I heard Drake. And okay. that's when it was like, OK, boom. Now I know how to do this thing. And like, I fell in love with it, like 11 going forward. And I was writing my own songs since. And then, so you fell in love with it. So how did that journey progress? So you mentioned you fell in love with the music and the singing and the rapping. So then what were the next steps for you to become creating and signing and being where you are? Pretty much for my high school career, I was stuck in school. And like, I didn't, I couldn't even afford studio at that point. So it was like, very tough because like I was trying to like do everything besides besides school like and it it just didn't make sense like yeah. and I was stuck in school I was trying to do everything besides school yeah it I didn't exactly. make- yeah I understand what you're saying yeah <laughs> it, it was a pretty tough uh decision for me to like even get to a point where I'm confident enough to be like you know what I'm gonna take a risk and eventually uh in my 11th year grade 11 Mm -hmm. I actually uh dropped out of school that was like a very tough situation because like I just felt like my mind was barely in it because like I used to get to class during exams write my name my 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 grade my surname the subject I'm writing what paper it is and like I'd sleep for three hours or like write a rap on the exam paper and then like fold Yes, the the papers like so it didn't it didn't light me on fire. And the thing is, is that like contrary to what most people might think of me being a dropout, I'm actually like kind of a smart person. I would like to say, like, Wait, no, okay, so my- let's pause right there. Everyone, okay, no matter what background, what experience, what opportunities or non opportunities, I just want to put this out there to you and the listeners. Everyone is smart in their own way. There's no such thing as Dumb and in inverted commas. Every person is smart, but I believe, and this is, uh, people can have this debate with me. I do believe that the schooling systems are in such a way that people who are not smart in those categories 
are then now labeled in a way that now makes the a society look down on them, look ill on them, or make them think that, okay, they'll never succeed, which is nonsense. So let's just put that out there. And we are all smart. So hashtag drop that uh, smartness and carry on with your story. I dropped out and the only place that I needed to go was a studio. Yep. Because that like the goal is like, okay, I'm out now. What now? Huh? Yes. As as cliche as it sounds, like, you know, I hit the studio, I found a studio. Um, there were guys that that I knew from like the internet that were really good at what they were doing, but like they hadn't really um had any exposure, you know? Yeah. So we finally up and I ended up partnering with them because like the music that we're making at that point just it's it sounded next level to us and like eventually at the same year when I when I dropped out I dropped two projects that year um one before I dropped out of school and one after and that project gained some momentum and I was able to carry it into the next year where um early in that year within like maybe nine months of me dropping out Ricky Rick had reached out yeah, and he'd he'd reached out because he had heard uh, a a project that I just put out at the time that was actually like spreading like wildfire. It was mm. called um, "Life and Times of a Teenage Influence," and I was I was eighteen at the t- I was seventeen at the time actually. I was turning eighteen, and uh, you know he reached out and we linked up the same day. From there, like the rest was history because yeah. then the internet just it lit up. Okay, so now from zero to three to four minutes in creating a song. What is that journey? Is it easy every time? What invigorates it? Let's dive into your creative brain and creating music. So I actually like sometimes if I like a song and I sit on it for too long, I might rewrite the whole thing. So I used to like write without any without any beats because I just used to hear the beat in my head and that. That's how I used to create music. I would love to get back to that because that, I just felt like, wow, that that's like so, I don't know, so very right-brained of me. Mm. I would like to get back but um, I like write the same song over and over and I'll be like, Mm-mm, I don't like the song or like, I don't, you know, and, and like I'll, I'll switch it up. But sometimes when you know, like the song is the one, the song is the one, like you just... You just know, like, and I'm not a complicated guy. Like, if I hear the the right beat in the right moment, I could just stop everything and be like, okay, no, I don't want to hear any more beats. Like, just okay. just stop. You mentioned you hear a beat. How do you know that it's an original beat compared to one that you might have heard subconsciously while listening to other music? Everything is actually inspired by something that previously existed. Okay, understood. So, so it's like... There's there's no way that you could be like oh this beat is original like because okay. like I'm sure it has its own like twist to it. There's no one beat that where you're like well I've never heard anything like it. You may have not heard anything like it, but it probably exists somewhere else, and someone else has probably already heard a beat like that. Mm. Like it just it matters how you take the beat and make it your own. That's okay. the most important part. The beat doesn't matter as much as the person bringing the words to it. You mentioned that sometimes you, there are songs that you are challenging in the sense that you rewrite them, rewrite them, etc. Is there ever a time when you're like, okay, this is not happening, just throw it away? Or do you always... Of course. Okay. It happens to every... 
So you, okay. So it's not a thing about sitting on it, sitting on it. You say, okay, cool. This is not working. Let's just check it out. No, sometimes like when you hear something and you're like, well, it's me. It's not the beat. Then like you'll sit on the beat. Like there's some songs where even some of my biggest songs, like I sat on the beat like for 11 months, even two years where like I just had the beat like chilling there and I didn't have like anything to do with it because every time I stepped up, I did something, the words weren't coming out. It just all matters about how you feel in the moment and what drives you insane about the beat in that very moment okay. that makes you. So when it's taking that length of time, the two years, 11 months, whatever it is, do you get frustrated or is it like, okay, this is not happening now. Let's just put it uh, to the side and we'll look at it at another time. Every artist gets frustrated because okay. they want to. They want to tackle the beat. Like, there's no ways. Like, if you think, okay, the beat is hot, that you don't want to get something done to it because you want to you wanna leave the studio with something because you, like, you hear yourself on the beat the, and, like, you get frustrated because, like, it's, like, it's not coming out. Of course okay. you get frustrated. Okay, so what do you enjoy about performing live? If I wasn't doing it alone, I wouldn't enjoy it. That's one thing for sure. You can't be performing to yourself it's not enjoyable if there's people there and people are enjoying themselves like that's the most enjoyable part when people are singing back to you when you hear the roar when you hear like it's 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 like everyone has their own adrenaline or dopamine at that hit and for some people it's drugs for some people it's seeing progress like when you hear people singing back to you, that tells you, oh, it's progress. It's like, oh, damn, I was in the studio the whole time and I was trying so hard to come up with the song. And there are people that are singing it back to me, which means my words matter, which means I'm growing as a person, which okay. means the audience is growing. It means like, I wouldn't say validation, but more like appreciation. Okay, so I've got a, another point of discussion around this, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your perception. So I'm normally that guy who's right in front at the, at the concert. I'll take my phone out for a couple of songs, a couple of photos, and I'll put my phone away in order to maintain being in the present, being in the moment, and being connected. I find that a lot of people around me have their phone out for the majority of the time, trying to get videos all the time trying to get pictures. In fact, sometimes they turn their back to the stage and they film themselves with you as artists small in the background. As a person receiving that or seeing that, do you just find that it's where society is at the moment or does it frustrate you at all? It doesn't frustrate me at all because like, think about it. If people didn't care about your performance, why are they still standing there? If people were on their phones the whole time, they could have just gone to the bathroom during your performance if no one, like, really cared. Like, no one is, like, held under, like, gunpoint or anything. It's, like, something Muesli told me when I was, like, um, really, like, first entering the industry and, like, you know, getting to performances, like, these big performances where, like, no one would react to anything. And, like, it's very disheartening seeing people just standing there, like, just gawking at you, like, and like, there's no reaction, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, are you yeah. ready? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not that like people don't care. It's like people don't know you and they're trying to figure you out. Like if people are just standing there, like are trying to figure you out. It's like, okay, there's something to care about, but it's like, okay, what is it? I'm trying to figure that part out. But think about it now. If someone is filming you, and then they film and they turn it back, but they're filming you in the performance. Dog, 
you are something that you're worth being filmed for. Like, okay. you know, it, it, why is that an insult? Why is that like something that should like make you feel like, oh man, like this performance is like so, it, everything is going downhill. No one cares about me. Oh, why are you filming me then? Why do you have to, why do you feel the need to get yourself in the frame of me in this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I get you. I get you. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I know if I had to ask you this question today, tomorrow, two years, two months, I know your answer will be different every time because there are millions of them. I'm not saying a favorite, but if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? I would definitely say there's a song by Mariah Carey, Jay-Z, written Freeway. It's called You Got Me. And then Human Nature by Michael Jackson. December 4th by Jay-Z. Yep. I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Wow. Like my mind goes blank. Like, and <laughs> like I have a, I'm, I have a whole playlist that I yeah. stack up with Hipster Girl by uh, Xavier Omar. And let me say one more. One more. Yeah. Um, another day by the big hash. I guess. Of course you have to. There we go. Now, what, are, I, what, what are the short term plans and the long term, long term plans? What's happening in the next, in the pipeline? I'm dropping my album. The album is called Heartbreak Hotel. I'm very excited for that. I've been working on the album for about five years. So it's something of an effect of from early 2019 to like late 2023. And it's something that to me is like so important because like, I feel like it's a generational album. Like I said, something like that about my my debut project. Um, it was called Young. And that was like my very first number one album in the country. Yeah. And I said something like and I'm saying um, something like that again for this. This is something that I feel like if people heard it, they understood it. They'd be like, wow, nah, he wasn't lying. Like this is like such an important step because I don't feel like there's a lot of people in the country that are making music that I'm making right now. I'm just saying very excited about that. Um, I want to go on tour. I'm planning on my tour right now. There's, there's really nothing else to tell about 2024 besides why don't you find out when it happens? Love that. <laughs> I love that. And it's going to be wow. I'm chasing a Grammy, by the way. No, not chasing. Let's say you've already been nominated, you've already won, and it's on your shelf. Let's put okay. let's, <laughs> let's already <Okay>. achieve it. <laughs> I can agree with that. Okay, cool. So the podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final message, what would you like to say? Please look out for Heartbreak Hotel and please follow me on all social media platforms. I'm not on Twitter at the moment, but you can follow me on Instagram at the big hash. There's no underscores. There is no capital letters or anything. You can follow me there. Um, I am the big hash on Twitter, on Instagram and threads. And uh, yeah, pretty much. And on TikTok oh. and Facebook? Oh yeah, there's this TikTok and uh, not on Facebook. Thank you for listening to this episode of Celeb Savant. Please follow Barrett on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Celeb Savant. That's C-E-L-E-B-S-A-V-A-N-T.